Hello, everybody. Welcome into another edition of the so-called Fantasy Experts Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, we've got a special edition episode today. We're talking daily fantasy sports, which is, I realize, something we have never talked about on these podcasts for 25 or 30 of them that we've done. Uh, so I brought in one of our experts here and uh, our fearless leader of the site, David Ganos. David, how are you doing? Fantastic. How are you doing? Good to finally uh, get on the podcast with you. Right? I know. I've been running through the, the same couple of guys. I'm glad I'm expanding the field of uh, guests now that it's football season. Um, but like uh, like I was just saying in the intro, a lot of people love daily fantasy sports. I don't know much about it. I'm pretty bad at it, <laughs> to be honest. I tried last year. didn't go great. Um, I managed to ruin a Joe Flacco five-touchdown week Somehow, so once once that happened, I knew things weren't going to go my way. But I remember when I started, I knew nothing. I just figured, oh, I'm good at regular fantasy, season long fantasy football. Um, I can do this. I can pick who's going to be good week to week. It's a lot harder than it looks. Um, so I'm hoping you can help provide me, yeah, and uh, the rest of our listeners some uh, some advice on how to get into it. Sure. How did how did you first get into uh, the daily game. Uh, well, back in um, 2008, well, I was with CBS from 03 to 2008, and a company approached me uh, about leading their content group called OpenSports.com. It was a startup, and they wanted to uh, be fantasy. They wanted to be news. It was it was owned by the guy that started CBSSportsLine.com, Mike Levy. And okay. he was the owner of, and he started, once his uh, non-compete ran out, he started this company. So um, so he pulled me over, and uh, it was going to be fantasy. It was going to be daily fantasy, which was very, very new. And I was extremely skeptical. that was, There's no way this game could possibly yeah. get popular. Who would want to play this on a regular basis? But um, for once, mark it down, I was wrong for once. <laughs> Oh, but anyway, yeah. So we had uh, we had three different games. It was it was pretty cool. We were well ahead of our times, and uh, unfortunately, and and mark this down also in your notes. Leave an awesome steady job at a national media company for a startup during the worst recession in like fifty years. Don't do that. I think I that's think good that advice. A little bit more. Yeah. That's definitely so, good but advice. I didn't know it was going to be the at the time, uh, 2008 we were rolling along all right and I knew it's a little choppy, but this company had a ton of money. Anyways, so I went and joined them. Was there for uh 2, 3 years and uh we had a really cool daily fantasy game and what's funny is Fox Sports um pretty much ended up owning most of us I think towards the end of it and then some company at the end came in and bought the intellectual property once we once we uh, shut it all down, but I don't know what they did with that daily fantasy game because it was a cool game, and it's a little different than the way the games are set up now. In that, right now, it's a salary cap game, so everybody can have um, the same players essentially if if they all fit under the salary cap. So I could have the same quarterback as you, and blah blah blah. The way one of the games was set up there was you did a draft. So you would like, I think it was like five minutes before your scheduled draft for that week, you would get the draft order 
And whether it was a two-man draft, which were really cool, or uh, you did three-man or four-man or whatever, you had a draft before the week, before that week's games began. So that was kind of cool. And it was a lot of cool strategy. You know, if I if you pick a quarterback, then I don't need to pick a quarterback because I can get one with my last pick. You know, stuff like that. Like you're not, you can't take a second quarterback. So it was like a little. It was a, it was a cool strategy. Kind of surprised that there hasn't been another site that has succeeded with that. No draftday.com does uh, does that, but uh, just not that well. I'm with FanDuel. I don't know why I would mention a competitor. That's an interesting strategy there. But I'm with FanDuel. I write for them. So um, you can check out my columns there. We just launched our new insider site. So uh, actually, we're still working the bones out on that. So, But in the next uh, week or so, that's going to be blown up and launched and all that good stuff. But um, So you're asking me, what does a new player need to know about daily fantasy football? Yeah, pretty much. So, yeah. It's, it is, uh, it's similar to a um, – it's similar to regular fantasy just enough to make it dangerous for you. So what I mean by that is a lot of people that may be good at, at fantasy football join on and uh, they're like, oh, man, I'm going to join a, a $50 contest because I'm awesome. <laughs> and, and they get blown out and then they're, they're bankroll and then they're skittish from then on. And it's sad because it's, it's a great game. You just have to learn how to kind of manage it. So what I tell people is, you know, everybody, you see the commercials and the, the, you know, these guys, that's a whole, that's a whole different ball game. You know, that's tournaments are fun to get into and win, but they're very, very difficult to play in. Um, or they're very, very difficult to win it. What I suggest to new players is to play what's called 50, 50 games, which are say there's a hundred entrants into this game. 50 of those guys are, or 50 of those people will win and 50 of those are going to lose. So basically the losers are paying the winners. And what I mean by winning is the top 50 scores, the, the top half of all of the entrants um, end up winning back, you know, doubling up their money essentially. Um, but so that's, so that's an, the easiest way to build your bankroll. Unfortunately, it's also the slowest way because you have yeah. to, uh, you know, you pretty much have to win 50 per, 56% of your 50-50 games in order to build your, you know, your bankroll going forward. Um, it's not impossible, and it's it's not very difficult either. You know, once you start playing and you learn a few different uh, a few different things, and you learn um, what you you might be better at. You know, there's other games also. There's there's leagues which are a 10, it could be a 10 team league and the top three in that league win. So the top three scores in that league for just that week win. So that is a higher percentage of payout, but fewer people win. Um, and we're just 30% instead of 50%. Essentially. Yeah. I was, I was going to actually ask you about the different types of games because when I first started playing, like a lot of people in my office were like, oh, don't don't play the 50-50s. That takes too long. Play these double-ups. Play these triple-ups where you can, you know, and there's, you can raise your money, your bankroll really quickly, and some of them aren't that expensive to get into. So, you know, you're not you're not losing $50 a time. You know, I'll throw $5 sure. into 
to win 15 or whatever. Um, right. But he kind of so so fifty fifty is where you're telling the, uh, the my new people to go. Right, my suggestion because for new people, first off, there's also free roles that you want to play and and get used to, you know, filling out lineups and used to figuring out what are good values or what you know what to look for and and even that that's going to change. You know, there will be times it all depends on what the salaries are for different players, but uh, but you'll get a better sense of what uh, a good valued player might be. Um, but as far as the different games, beginners should, new people should absolutely work on the 50 fifties cause they're used to that. At, essentially. I mean, every week they're playing a 50 50 against someone, you know, yeah. in a regular traditional. And now I say 50 fifties, but this also refers to that's also, there's also games called head to head games where you actually do just go up against one other player. That's probably um, that's another great uh, way to um, build your bankroll. Unfortunately, when you go up against someone else, you you could be going up against one of the best FanDuel players on you know in the league. You know they yeah. set up a bunch of contests and then um, people go and play. They don't know who they're playing. But if you click on um, if you click on their on their that contest and then look at the entrant and and click on his name or or her name you'll see how many they've won it shows you your the wins um for each sport so you can get an idea if someone's a you know superstar there and and maybe you avoid that guy and you find someone that doesn't have quite so many wins in that sport um but there's also other games like i said there's tournaments what i like to do and this is what i like to tell beginners Play the 50-50s. Say you, let's just say to make it a, a simple number, say you put $50 in. And if you, you also, by the way, you want to go through um, so-calledfancyexperts.com and the link on the right, and uh, there's, a, there's a banner ad. Go through there and you get something off there. I'll, I'll find it and see what it says. <laughs> but I know you do get we'll, there's we'll a... We'll send you the exact number. Yeah. It's, uh, but anyway, so... One of the um, when you first say you do fifty dollars. Okay. Is that mine or yours? What? Oh, that's my. I got stuff coming through my headphones. Sorry. Okay, so you <laughs> put fifty dollars. If you first off, you don't want to you don't want to put all fifty dollars in that first week. You you want to last a little bit longer than you know the, yeah, than one week. Don't want to get run out of town on the first day. Right. right. Spread it out a little bit. So say now this first week, I will say this. This first week is the week you want to play the most money for uh, for pretty much for the entire year. So say you play 50% of your bankroll. Normally, I'd recommend pay, playing 20 to 25% of your bankroll a week because you never know what happen, what could happen. You know, if you a guy, a couple guys in your lineups, you know, get hurt early, then you're done, and and you can never, you know, it's tough to recover from that. But if you spread out what how much you're playing each week, then it's you're better off. So say this first week, I say play fifty percent because this first week is the is going to be, you know, we know that daily fantasy sports has climbed in popularity over the past few years. And last year was the most popular year. And this year is going to be even more popular. We've seen all the commercials. 
We know it, it's getting it's pimped out there everywhere, so we know it's going to be huge. And the first week, it makes sense, is going to be the most played week of this year because everybody's going to try it out. They say all summer they've been hearing about it. So week one of the 2015 season is going to be the biggest week in daily fantasy history until week one of 2016 when it continues to grow. Right? Yeah. Make sense? Yeah. So it's you, exactly. So you want to play your most money this week because you're also going to be playing against other people that are new at the game. So any and most of those people aren't listening to this podcast. So you're already ahead of yeah. a lot of those people. They're going to be uh, trying out. Different, you know, they're going to be going off of how they know their leagues, um, traditional leagues, strategies are. They're going to go big running back, big running back, and wait on quarterback and all that stuff. But in reality, it's it's a little bit of the opposite. Um, you know, and and you you'd kind of intimated that before when we were talking about this about how running backs are king in, in yeah. yearly fantasy, but is there a position like that in daily fantasy? Quarterbacks are generally the 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 position you want to bank on the most, and the reason for that is is the same reason that running backs are um, highly sought after in in traditional, which is the consistency. So a quarterback in, in traditional fantasy, they're a dime a dozen. You can get, you know, um, over the course of a season, a court, you know, 10 to 15 quarterbacks aren't going to, they're all going to score pretty well. Outside of like Luck and Rodgers, they're all going to be really, really close. Yeah. And even Luck and Rodgers, they're not that far ahead. But you look at running backs, those get thin super quick. So you have to jump on running backs in traditional fantasy. But in, in daily fantasy, running backs, you know there's going to be 32 starting running backs. Play. You don't have to wonder about weeks, week five and week seven and week nine. What are you going to do then? You know these 32 running backs plus some backups are going to be playing this week. So it's not um, – whereas traditional, you have to get these, you know, the healthy, reliable guys that are featured backs that blah, blah, blah. You don't have to – you don't have to put all your money into into that end of the game uh, in daily because you know that they're going to be there. You just have to look for guys that will get carries, that will get passed to, will, that you know are, ha, are featured prominently. You want players that um, maybe are replacing other players. You know, say, you know, we know that the salaries come out the Sunday before the next week, so once week one starts, week two salaries are already set. So if somebody gets hurt in week one during their game, week two's, that backup of that player is already in the system. He's already priced out. So you will be able to get him the next week at a cheaper rate, and he's starting. See what I'm saying there? Yeah, so because it doesn't, so it's not taking into account. They're not right. updating like on Saturday before the game. Sunday. Exactly. Right. So can, it's a little like in baseball, how the games start at, you know, once games start at seven, tomorrow's games are already posted. So if somebody gets hurt tonight, his backup tomorrow, his, his salary is already set. So it's similar to that. Um, nice little, uh, loophole, maybe not loophole, but yeah. money ball is tactic there to, uh, there to look go. for those guys who are coming into bigger roles during the week. Exactly. When it's, when it's Speaking of a loophole, 
or uh, something to take advantage of. This is my favorite thing to tell new people, especially if they're smart enough to go with the uh, 50-50s. You know, and, 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 and I say 50-50s, you don't, have to, you don't have to put all of your money in 50-50. You know, say you're doing 50% of your bankroll. So you got $25 to play this, this first week. Spread it out. Don't do one $25 50-50 game. Do maybe do five $2 games and, and ten $1 50-50s. And maybe you do put, uh, you know, five, 10% of your, your bankroll that week onto a tournament. You know, go ahead and spread it out. I'm not saying don't play these other games, but you want to build your bankroll you want to be cautious, especially early on in your DFS career. So um, concentrate mostly on 50-50s or double-ups. And double-ups are a little different than 50-50s, um, only in that you're not paying uh, a percentage to FanDuel um, to play that. The winners aren't, in other words. So if you're in a double-up, say it's 100 people, then the losers end up paying twice the entry fee and then the winners essentially double up all of their money. So if they if it's a five or ten dollar double up, then they get ten dollar they get twenty dollars back. See what I'm saying? But yeah. the losers will have will have had paid the uh anyways. So back to the the little loophole thing. So if you're playing fifty fifty on Thursday, because there's Thursday night NFL game, get into a cheap fifty fifty game. Um, with a lot of entrance, say 100 plus, 100 to 100 plus entrance, and just play $1 one or $2 one or whatever. When you do that, you'll, you'll see, and this is on FanDuel only, um, you'll see ownership percentages of all the other players for for the Sunday games. The, hmm. it's, it's locked. All lineups are locked that for that Thursday game. Now, you cannot play a Thursday game. Just play Sunday games um, in another contest. It's a Sunday-only contest. But you won't see ownership percentages. So if you play that Thursday night game, just a dollar, that will, that will show you, it will uncover for you what everyone in that contest thinks about all of the players in the coming weekend's games. So right there you have a huge source of, all right, everyone thinks um, – that Ryan Tannehill, you know, 28% of the people are playing Ryan, Ryan Tannehill at quarterback this week. And now you know that that's one of the best plays that you can use in other games. So then you go into other Sunday-only games, and you know Ryan Tannehill, you pretty much crowdsourced the information for that, and you know Ryan Tannehill is expected to have a huge game. So here's are you? Uh, it sounds like a DJ scratching all over your microphone there. I love that song. <laughs> no, I think it's just rubbing or blowing on the fan on in here. Um, hopefully it wasn't too distracting. My question with that is, though, if you see everybody's playing Ryan Tannehill, why wouldn't you go with somebody else and try to hope? Good or, question. Excellent or question. Or think Ryan Tannehill right. might – you could do better than Ryan Tannehill and beat those 28% of the people. Right. Excellent question. So when you play 50-50s, you want to – put the most reliable lineup out there possible. You're not looking for, you don't want, you don't, 
you're not trying to finish first. If it's a 100-person 50-50 game, you're trying to finish 50th or 49th. You just have to beat 50 other owners. And I say that because if you're trying to break the bank and you want to go for that that um, the highest score possible, then you have to then you'll take different strategies, and I'll explain that. So if you're going just for reliability, then and everyone's saying the best quarterback for this week is Ryan Tannehill, then that's a pretty good indication that he's the best value for the week. So you load them up in there and then you look at the running backs and you see everybody thinks these guys will be, you're not going to end up necessarily, you know, this is a even 33%. And that's a high number. Say, say 26% of the people uh, play Ryan Tannehill. That sounds like a high percentage, but it's really not. And, uh, but it's, it's high enough for you to know that he's expected to be uh, a big, um, a great value this week. So in other words, you play him, you're still, you're still expected to, you still have a better value than 75% or 74% of the other people in that league. See what I'm saying? Yeah. So, w- so when you want to roll the dice, when you want to get away from reliability and go more towards volatility, so say you want, um, you're going into a tournament, which only pays like the top 15% of the entrance, then that's when you go for the all or nothing uh, boom or bust guys. That's when you load up on like Jameis Winston in week one against the Titans. This is a boom or bust situation for him. He could really have a big week one game. And at his price on FanDuel, uh, let me see what that is right now. At his price, it is, uh, it's cheap enough where in a tournament you could use him, get a good game from him, and then still use that the rest of that money that you saved for someplace else. So he's sixty nine hundred dollars on FanDuel for week one, which is uh, a little below average, um, and that's a great matchup. And because he's a rookie, I think people stay away from him. And to be honest with you, I think, and this is weird to say, but I think with all the new players that will be joining up. Um, they'll avoid some will, and this sounds really stupid, but I do think there's <laughs> something to it. Some will avoid him because of political correctness. Really? So, in other words, some are like, "Screw Winston! I'm not putting that that guy on my team. He's bad news. He's a bad guy." So they may avoid him because of that, and uh, just like how some people in traditional fantasy leagues. You know, in baseball, they were. I were. I will never draft a New York Yankee or something like that. You know, it's yeah. different in the traditional stuff. But when you're playing, you're trying to double up your money. There's no room for that. Yeah, you're, you know, you you're can't cutting, think like that. You're cutting your. But options. I think exactly right. But I think there there will be a small percentage of people that won't play Winston because of that. So in tournaments where you want variance, and here's why you want that in tournaments. If you have Aaron Rodgers in a tournament with 5,000 other people and Aaron Rodgers throws a touchdown pass, you just added a, a bunch of points, you know, say the 50-yard touchdown. You just add a bunch of points to your team's score. Unfortunately, that also added a bunch of points to, like, 
900 other people's scores. (laughs) So you didn't make up much ground. So you're better off finding, and it's called being contrarian. You want to go against the grain sometimes and go for players that are less owned but have a higher ceiling. They also have a lower floor, but that's something that you deal with in a tournament. You don't in, in a tournament scoring pretty good is is worthless. Yeah. You know, like you know, you're still out of the money, so you might as well have scored zero. But if you're scoring zero, maybe you're also you had a shot at scoring the most, which is a better plan than than aiming for the middle. See what I'm saying? Yeah, it has like so a that's better... where the ownership percentages help you out also. So say you are looking so Thursday night, you're looking at those ownership percentages, and you see Winston is only being played in like two percent. Then you're like, oh man, and that's like gold. Now you know that's your tournament play, especially if you have faith in that he's going to have a big game. And you're like, okay, this is a great value. He's hardly owned. I'm definitely using him in my in, in my tournament play. And uh, and now you, now obviously he still has to perform, but you've set yourself up for if he does succeed, your team is going to do well. Well, I guess yeah. that's pretty stupid. That's that's pretty much for any fantasy thing. But in other words, your team will do even better because you saved so much money on him, and because very few people will be doing as well as you because they didn't play him. I guess is the point I'm trying to say. Yeah, you'd be. Increasing your your you're maximizing the value of the players on your team. So if you have Andrew Luck as your quarterback, you're losing however many dollars you could spend on receiver. But if you're getting an Andrew Luck esque performance from Winstead and nobody's using him, you know it's maximizing exactly. how much you're making on other people and how much you are getting in other positions. Um, right. I guess the thing to remember is in fifty fifty games, you want Low floor players, guys that you know will do well, even their average games are are decent. In tournaments, you want high ceiling players, ceiling players, but they they might also be low floor players. Wait, did I say low floor? Okay, sorry, <laughs> I already screwed that up. In fifty fifty games, you want high floor players, guys that when they're average, it's still pretty good but they are usually better than average in, in tournaments. You want high ceiling players, which are very risky. So here's a, here's an example. Um, with the Colts this season, one of the players I expect to be a high ceiling player that I'll use in a lot of tournaments is Philip Dorsett for the Colts. He's 4,600 bucks. That's a hundred dollars more than, uh, than the cheapest um, wide receivers. Well, actually, let's see. Yeah, I think it's forty. He's forty-six. Um, yeah, yeah. He's, so he's a hundred dollars more than than the absolute cheapest guy you could get. So he's pretty much the lowest guy you could get. But we already know he has the four-two speed. You know, the four-two-six. I think he ran in yeah, the combine. He has insane speed. He has a, a passing offense that he's in. There are a ton of weapons everywhere. Obviously, he's not going to get a ton of targets. But the targets he does get 
are probably going to be deep down the field, and he'll have a shot at a long touchdown pass or a long touchdown catch. So that's a guy for 4600 bucks. He's my third wide receiver. I didn't spend a lot in the tournament. I have a big upside. He could really come through um, with a you know with a big week, especially with you know with that offense. It's just that offense is going to be it's going to be turning different players into stars every week. Yeah. So that's something to target there. Hmm. I'm sorry to jump, but on the other aspect, a player that's around this. I think this guy's five thousand bucks. Yeah, for five thousand dollars. You get a guy that doesn't have really that big of a ceiling, but he's a low, he's a high floor guy in uh, Cole Beasley for the for the Cowboys. Now he could he could score some touchdowns and all that, but really what you're what you're hoping for here, well you're hoping for a bunch of touchdowns, but what yeah, you're yeah, expecting, <laughs> what you're expecting now that he's basically the the number two receiver in Dallas, you're expecting four or five passes uh, to come his way and for him to scoot for, you know. 80 plus yards. That's what you're hoping for. Um, but he could score also, and that's a bonus. But you get him for five grand, and that's a deal. Hmm. Very interesting. Wouldn't have thought about that. The high, the high ceiling in one game, the high floor in the other. So that's exactly good. right. The, you said the it way more uh, succinctly. Smarter. Uh, <laughs> the the only strategy I knew of or, or heard of when I first came into this was uh, was stacking. And that's, right. that's sort of you, you get the quarterback, you get the receivers, you get the running back from the same team. And you think the Packers are playing the the Buccaneers or the the Titans. You think, oh, the Packers are just going to railroad them. There's going to be points all around. Let me just get all those guys. Uh, is that exactly. smart, not smart? Yeah. So the way you work that is uh, a stack is like a group of players from the same team that will all – um, benefit from it'll basically compound your scores. Yeah. So in baseball, it was you'd stack the leadoff hitter with a number two hitter with a number three hitter with a cleanup hitter, and then every time one of those guys would knock one of the others in, you would be exponentially you'd be compounding those points, which is awesome. In football, you really only want to stack the quarterback and one of his receivers, or the quarterback and his tight end. Um, because if you stack the quarterback and two receivers, every time that other receiver scores, it screws the other receiver that you own. It limits him a little bit. See what I'm saying? Yeah, because the ball can only go to one person. Right. Yeah. And okay. and I and I would steer clear of starting the quarterback and the running backs in the same team, even if they do are involved in the passing game together. Maybe a uh, maybe a Darren Sproles with the Eagles a while back is a different story. I'm sorry, with the uh, Saints a while back, or actually I guess the first year of the Eagles too. But um, that's a that's a little bit different. But normally, the quarterback's not going to benefit from a great running game, and vice versa. Um, but you want to stack if you think a game is going to be a low-scoring, grounded-out, ground-and-pound game, then stack that running back with that team's defense. So now you have a ball control running back that's chewing up clock and your defense is chilling and you're racking up defense scores because the the other offense isn't on the field and they're not, they don't have more chances to score. It's a little bit different. 
Um, wouldn't have thought of that, got to be honest. Yeah, and, and there's little tricks like that that you learn the more you play. And the other thing, too, is don't stack in your 50-50 games. Stacking is for tournaments. And, and again, the reason for that is you want – you don't if, – if you stack in your 50-50 games and you have the quarterback and a receiver or the quarterback and a tight end, and that quarterback gets hurt in the first play of the game, two or three of your players are done. In the 50-50 game where you want reliability and you want consistency, you want them, you want to spread that risk out. You want to be diverse. You want to have players in this game, you want players in this game, you want players in this game. You want to make sure that that's spread out so that any one bad player doesn't affect the rest of your team. Make sense? Or an injury doesn't affect yeah. the rest of your team. Yeah. I wish I knew uh, last year when I was getting into this stuff because I was stacking. Uh, it makes sense now when you say it because stacking a running back and a quarterback, only one of them can really have the ball for most of the time and score. If the quarterback's throwing a touchdown to a receiver, your running back's screwed. If your running back's running it in, your quarterback's getting no points. So, uh, exactly, right. It's, it seems and, a lot more uh, – it makes more sense when you say it. For once. Again, mark it down. Mark the date down. Something made sense when I finally said it. (laughs) So another one of the little tricks that people can use that is is an easy, cheap, smart way to help your DFS team is go look at the Vegas lines and look at the over-under numbers for each game. Any game that is, you know, look at the highest over-under games, and those are the games that are going to be we we both know nobody is uh, is better at figuring out what's going to be a high scoring and what's going to be a low scoring game than Vegas. Yeah, you know those guys. There's no doubting their ability. So, um, for instance, this coming week, it's insane how many big games, big high scoring games, they're ex- that we're expected to see. So, Philly at Atlanta, the Eagles at Atlanta in Week One, it's a 55.5 over under which I don't know if that means there's going to be six quarters instead of four, but this is going to be a high-scoring game. So load up, uh, and now in tournaments, load up on stacks. You want, you want a stack of, uh, of Matt Ryan and Julio Jones, or you want a stack of Jordan Matthews and Sam Bradford. Um, that's definitely a smart play in those games. Now in, a, in a 50-50s, Maybe you want to pick and choose who you're using in each of those spots. Um, maybe it's, you know, you're definitely not using either of their defenses for this game. Um, but that 55.5 is telling you, let's see, what's that? That's like, that's almost nine touchdowns. Or if you take away the, whatever the point spread is and you figure out what each score might end up being, you know, say it's seven or eight touchdowns with a bunch of field goals. But in other words, those are, those that's where you find opportunities and that's where you find players to uh to load your lineups with on the other end of it look for the lowest scoring games and those are the def- look for the lowest scoring games and the favorite of that game and can think about using their defense now they're probably going to be one of the more expensive defenses um in that week's games but they are expected to hold that other team down um in points and yardage and probably get turnovers and probably get sacks. You know, it all it all kind of goes runs together. Um, but what's good about uh, 
you know, in baseball, anybody that's played daily fantasy baseball, they know, you know, like punting a position, like shortstop and second base, I, off, and even catcher, I often will go cheap with those positions to load up in other positions because even a good second baseman, he's not going to give me a shot at two homers like a good outfielder is going to. So if I can save some money at those positions and load up at outfielder or first base or third base, then I'll do it. But in daily fantasy football, kickers and defenses, they're so close in salary that you don't have to punt on those positions. Um, like for kickers. Now, unfortunately, kickers are super volatile. So, yeah. you know, it's fine if you did. I, I don't argue, you know, I don't argue against uh, punting on it really. But um, it's like, you know, like for week one, it's $700 difference between the highest, most expensive kicker and the cheapest kickers. So there's not that much difference. Um, and quarterbacks alone, the ho- most expensive quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, is – $500 more expensive than the second best quarterback. So if you go cheap on kicker, you can improve a spot or two in, in quarterback, but it doesn't really make that much of a, a big difference. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. So it really probably is smarter to use that, not, you know, use that game plan for, for defenses because uh, you, you want to get a defense that's going to score you some points. And that's not going to hurt you so much in another position, um, hmm. like in baseball. Wouldn't have compared. I would have never thought to compare it to uh, baseball either. But then again, I never even tried daily fantasy for that. Cause <laughs> once, once, once football didn't go great for me. Daily fantasy baseball is out of the question. But uh, now with now with your tips, David, I may uh, start playing again. So thank you for that. Um, we'll let you get out sure. of here. We'll get you back on in a couple more weeks. See, if we can take some trends and the. Uh, Trends of the Daily Fantasy season through four weeks or something like that. Um, you can follow both of us on Twitter. I'm the real Travioli. He is at David Ganos. Uh, or you can tweet us at so called fantasy experts, so called fan X on Twitter. Got any questions? We'll be happy to answer them. If you have daily questions, send them to David because trust me, guys, I'm in the same boat as you are. <laughs> um, I'll be playing a lot of 50 50s this year, let's say that. Um, I like but, it. Da- but David, thanks for coming on. I appreciate uh, you know getting our first DFS podcast off the uh, off the ground. So I like it. Thanks a lot for having me. Ah, always. Um, we'll be back next week. I don't know what we're talking about yet, but it'll be right before the start of the season. So it'll be a very very high energy show and with, with excitement all around. So until next <laughs> week, guys. This is the so-called fantasy experts fantasy football podcast. Catch you later.